0: Welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans, we bring you Michigan football. Each and every week. I'm Caleb, and with me as always is Craig. And uh, we hope you enjoyed last week's episode where uh, we had a guest on the show. And we will be looking at doing uh, little things like that throughout the offseason. Um, Bringing different people in and... Uh, we'll probably still continue to do things uh, as many people might remember with Rashawn and things like that. We've got some special things lined up, so you can kind of um, <clears throat> be looking forward to some different things like that. But we're excited about the off season, and this might be a little bit of a lull right now as we're looking forward to National Signing Day and things with recruits. We're not going to really talk about recruits right now because we've got some things on our list to do coming up for the next uh, week or two. So we're going to leave that stuff for later. So this week might be a little bit of a uh, relaxed week. But, uh, Craig, how are you doing?
1: Doing well. Like you said, National Signing Day is uh, always a big deal in college football, and we're, we look forward to it and see where it goes there. But I'm doing very very well. You know, I am going to bring up, I did go to, um, this past weekend, I went to one of those like trampoline jump fun centers. Oh yeah, you know, you know those things. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? I went there. You know, and it smells like you know gym socks and <laughs> and kids. You know, and, and you get in there, and it's just packed. And it it it, it, it 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 is a lot of fun. It's a lot of things to do and jump on, and you know, and, and bouncing around and heads cracking and stuff and. And then they have, like, a joust thing, you know, so if you fall off, you fall into these, like, cubes of uh, styrofoam or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so – and I'm getting up there, and I'm using the joust thing, and I'm holding it with one hand just to make it fair. (laughs) Just swiping kids left and right, man, taking them down. I took my son down, my oldest son. He's, like, 19 years old, and I took him out. (laughs) So – I did pretty well, but there was one time my, my oldest son, he's in really good, he's in good shape. He's, uh, he's, he's on the thin side. He's very, he's, he's in good shape though. And he does the, they're like these monkey bars going across. So I said, Hey, you know what? Yeah, I'm almost 50. I did the Tough mutter like four or five years ago. Right. I can do this. I jump up there and I split second. I realized the arm that I had my uh, surgery on. <laughs> oh, no. Totally forgot about that. Yeah. And jumped up there and I just literally just fell. To, fell. First one, I just fell. I went, oh, I could feel it strained just a bit. And I went, nope, that's it. <laughs> I, went, I either said I had way too much weight on or my arm's like, wow, you're you're real weak. You can't hold up. <laughs> so I just, yeah, I couldn't do it. that's
0: that's kind of funny because when you started that conversation, I was like, you didn't hurt yourself again. Did you? (laughs) Right. I
1: know. Well, you know what? The funny thing is my wife said the same thing. She goes, you didn't hurt yourself again. Did you? And I went, no, you know, I just felt it strained for a bit and I, I let go right away. So didn't do that, but everything else I did really, really well. But, um, those things a lot, you know, they're almost made for young, vibrant, energetic kids. And, my age, it's like you know, you do a few jumps and then you're like, I'm I'm, I'm ready to take a nap. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't put you back on the injured reserve list, so yeah. Don't... So have you ever been to one of those? Um, I mean, when I was a when I was really young, when I was a kid, um, they had some things like that. It definitely wasn't that big, but they had uh, trampolines and uh, yeah. obstacles that you could climb and everything. But since they kind of brought them back and they're making our surgeons. No, I haven't been to those. We have one in the area that's kind of small. And personally, I feel like it's super overpriced for like the amount of things that they do. So sometime we're thinking about taking our kids to one of those, maybe one of the larger ones. That's kind of in the region or something. So right. Right. yeah. <clears throat> sometime, someday. Yep. Yep. I'm no kidding. But uh, so, yeah, that's, that's what I did. And that was quite interesting
1: for my first time at one of those, but, uh, yeah, how was your weekend?
0: Oh, not too much for me, really. It's, uh, kind of with how, uh, the weather's been kind of garbage and everything. We've just been staying in, not doing a whole lot and taking it easy. People have been not feeling good in the family from day to day. I mean, we, we haven't been hit with the bad, with the bad stuff, uh, but just, enough that we don't get out a whole lot so far this time of year, but makes it easy on me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. Yep. That time of year, man.
0: Yeah. Hey, as long as we avoid the big, bad, the big, bad one, then, then I can live with it. So
1: yeah. Yeah. That's why you got to get your flu shots and all that.
0: Yeah. Jump. And everybody, you know, go out and enjoy it because we'll probably get hit by a snowstorm in like 2 days and be snowed in for <laughs> who knows how Yeah, life.
1: it's I know, this is what I this is what drives me nuts about Michigan. I'd rather have months and months of winter, but none of this up and down, you know, 40 degrees and then down to like 5 and then 40 and then down to 5. It's this fluctuating thing drives me bonkers. So. Yep. Um,
0: Welcome to Michigan and all you uh, new uh University of Michigan football players get used to it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, um, uh, talking then about Michigan football, uh, like we said, this is going to be a little bit more of a relaxed episode, kind of in between a few things here um, as we're working on things for uh, upcoming episodes. But a a few things uh, to go ahead and mention, Uh, we just got done talking about the 2017 season and kind of doing a relatively brief review over some of the main takeaways from last year. And so now to go to the extreme opposite and looking way into the future to the beginning of the 2018 season, which this happens every year with everyone trying to grasp onto any football information that they can. there has been some information released on the way too early, um, Score spreads for 2018. Yeah, yeah. So I have not looked at any of the other games. I didn't really pay attention, but I did see the one for Michigan because obviously it's more of a unique game this year as the Michigan Notre Dame rivalry returns since 2014. I had that pulled up. Let me make sure that I have that right. Yeah, last time was 2014. Um, that Michigan and Notre Dame played. And so Michigan is going to South Bend, and they are labeled as a two-point underdog mm. for that opening game. And a quick reminder before discussing it, and obviously the team is completely different being four years later, um, and, as well as the coaching staff, that was Brady Hoke and company that lost 31-0 to um, the last time that Michigan was shut out in a football game
1: yeah 31 to0 right in South Bend. yeah so that was you say 2014 right yeah yeah no so not good
0: no not good one thing I will mention um, of course this was back when the series was every every year uh, Notre Dame has not won back-to-back games since uh, 2004 2005. Mm, nice. And, and then, actually, interestingly enough, the last time before that was eighty nine, ninety. So it's not very often that um, Notre Dame wins against Michigan back to back. But it has been quite a few years, and as I already mentioned, it's a completely different staff for both teams and organizations. So, um, Craig, did you want to start off the conversation, or? Well,
1: I mean, I've got all the other ones. Up and I'm looking at the yeah two point. I'm gonna, I'm yeah. Is it a little pre- premature? Of course, you know. I, I expect that to change as the you know the year goes on, and then obviously spring games and all that happening, and then we'll probably get a better idea on uh, where Michigan's going to be at. But I expect that two point to drastically change, um, either in our favor or not. I don't know. Uh, I just don't expect the two point favorite. I mean, this is that's way too early to, to expect that, um, especially when Michigan really at this point does not know who their quarterback is. I mean, <laughs> come on, we we're here we're looking at, uh, um, uh, Shea Patterson could be the starter, so and Brandon Peters could be the starter. We don't know, or one of the other guys comes in, but uh, or McCaffrey, you never know. But the fact is that uh, last time, like you were talking about Notre Dame beat us at at south bend was 31 zero and uh obviously michigan holds the edge against notre dame 24 16 but uh you know that's what but last time we played them 2014 but notre dame went on with an acc you know uh, schedule after that i believe and so um but, uh, yeah, that's pretty much in, some interesting information. Uh, I'm, what do you think about the two points? Just regardless, thinking about what it is now, I my opinion is I think it's mm, about right. Um, but uh, as far as it moving along the season, I expect that to drastically change. So
0: Yeah, I anticipate that will be completely different by the time that actually gets around. Um, to the season, but, uh, honestly, I, uh, I don't think it's too bad. I think it actually might be a little bit more generous to Michigan, um, considering that, uh, Notre Dame's coming off a 10 and three season. So, I mean, and then the way that Michigan ended and honestly, how kind of, uh, bit of a disaster that was three losses in a row. Offense couldn't really click much for anything. So I think maybe that two-point line is a little generous uh, for Michigan. I do think it'll change. Um, I'm not sure exactly how I would be answering this, Um, and you alluded to a little bit. Do you think that at any point they might actually put it in Michigan's favor? Um...
1: As the season goes, I, I it really comes down to quarterback play. I mean, I I would expect this is what I really expect. I think if Shea Patterson mm, looks pretty good, I think it'll start moving in towards our direction a little bit more. But uh, I kind of agree with you there. I think you made some pretty good points about it being very generous to Michigan based on the fact is you know, where we were last at that bowl game and then Peter's starting. Um, I, I don't know. I, you know, Peter's is the, I think the the interesting part in this is if Peter's was the starter, I think he'd be a little bit more leaning towards Notre Dame just based on his play in the big stage against South Carolina. And he didn't play well. And if you get Shea Patterson in there, who's probably itching to start, um, I would say it probably leans towards Michigan a little bit more.
0: Yeah. and Notre Dame lost to uh, some good teams last year. They lost to Georgia and Miami, which obviously were playing very well. And then uh, one that isn't quite on those two level is uh, Stanford they lost to. But, uh, but yeah, it, I was going to probably go the same direction that you were going where if something goes on with Shea Patterson, because I think Shea Patterson is kind of a, a heavy factor in what they'll think about. Because if if he comes out, looks really good in spring game, if it's announced that he's the starter, I think they'll, I mean, because they, they really don't know. Because that, that'll be a difference maker where it's just like it's new from last year. You don't know what's going to happen. That might be a positive impact for Michigan. That might flip it. To where Michigan might be the favorite, but really, honestly, outside of that, I don't see much happening where Michigan would turn into the favorite this in this situation. So that's really the only scenario where I could see the numbers flipping. So, but we'll right. see. I mean, it's going to be a long off season. We'll see. I'm sure that some things will be changing for Notre Dame as well. But well,
1: and you're right. And then you got Notre Dame. In a way, they have uh, Wimbush, the quarterback for for them, who's kind of been inconsistent last year so um and you know he's going to be returning so you know i don't know if there's a three quarterback race going on with notre dame but um you know i don't think they got you know an a, a incredible quarterback that's gonna light it up on us so i think you know i really expect michigan to do really really well in this game and um just be, i think you and i have talked about it really comes down to I think the spring game is really going to show where Michigan's going to be in in the season. I know, you know, we talked about the spring game and how it really doesn't mean much, but it might show a lot as far as it did this year, as far as where Michigan is and how they play them and who starts. But, uh, um, you know, Notre Dame's a good team. They always have been. And, you know, they're always up and down. <laughs> um. I just, uh, South Bend's always a tough place to play. Um, they're, I think they're giving the edge to Notre Dame just based on it being at South Bend, and it's really, uh, really, they have really good fans and um, home field advantage, so.
0: Yeah, yeah, good point. It'd be interesting to see what thoughts would be if it were going to be at, at Michigan, but a while, a ways out, a lot of time in between now and then. Um, moving on to... Uh, second topic here for tonight and kind of something that's uh, a lot of things have been going on, but we'll probably just touch on the most recent activities and that's Michigan coaching staff. Uh, I know that there were a few things that we talked about last week, but the newest updates for that is uh, Partridge staying at Michigan, getting more, uh, getting more money, taking on a little bit of new responsibilities. Uh, Obviously, as most of you should know, big factor in recruiting. Alabama was actually in talks with him. There were things mentioned that there were other uh, schools as well talking to Partridge about trying to take him from uh, Michigan and Harbaugh staff. Fortunately, he's been retained, and he's still continuing to work with special teams um, and he worked with linebackers, but he's actually now moving to work with the safeties Yeah, uh, with how they're kind of moving people around that are on staff now. So the uh, big impact of keeping Partridge and your thoughts on that, Craig.
1: Well, he, like you said, you know, he's probably going to be at safeties, you know, which is uh, pretty interesting. And then uh, I think special teams too. So he's going to be on that, but yeah, giving him a, a, you got a two year deal at uh, what base salary at 500,000, yeah. Not bad, not a good pay raise. But you know what? This is what I like about Michigan and what uh, Jim Harbaugh did, and the staff or whoever was involved is that's a big you know, you 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 put your money, you know, you gotta you gotta dish out the money when you got somebody like him who's recruited really really well here, who's done really perfect he's done great and he seems to get along perfectly with uh, jim harbaugh and his scheme and what he wants to do here at michigan um to retain that kind of guy is is big news and then you almost gotta you know you gotta put your money where your mouth is and get him and to keep him from going to alabama is really huge for saban to come over and try to grab him tells you something about uh what partridge is doing uh young guy but um He's going to do great things for Michigan, and um, for us to keep him for another couple of years is outstanding. And uh, hope he stays. So, yeah, pay the man.
0: Yeah. yeah well, that that's the uh, big thing to emphasize is with all with the mess that happened this year, and Michigan looking to improve. When you're looking to improve, you're not only looking to improve the things that were not working for you, right. but you want to keep the things that were working working and partridge was a big part of that on especially the recruiting side and so it's just like you at at this part at this junction in uh where the michigan football program is in jim harbaugh's uh, tenure uh as the head coach you don't want to lose the things that are working for you so uh, i definitely do uh further back up the idea that this this is big, this is important, and I think it'll make and even if he is just here for the next two years, I think it's key with what's happening at Michigan right now that uh, he keeps doing what he's doing, and we see the uh, positive uh, reactions from the recruiting classes and everything, and I know that the recruiting class this year might be a little bit different than uh, years previous, but it's I think that would uh, just be kind of another blow to the program, blow to the uh, staff situation if we had wound up losing him. So,
1: Right. And, you know, you got Partridge, who's, you know, he's been recruiter of the year. He's had honors with, uh, you know, scouting uh, 247 sports. And, you know, he's he's done such a great job in, in doing the linebackers and look, you know, look how well he did with them. And he just did. He obviously worked with Don Brown really, really well, and he's going to continue to work alongside Don Brown and and Kick Tail. And um, I mean, Partridge has so much. You know, obviously being the coach at, at Paramus High School, a Catholic high school in New Jersey it just tells you what kind of ties he's got there and that he can recruit out of there and get the best players in that area. And, um, yeah, I just, that I was, that was the one guy I was really worried about leaving that uh, we'd probably lose, but to keep him and retain him is really big for Michigan. So we should be really, really happy that he's coming back.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so to keep the conversation going with coaches, um, this I've been looking and I don't know that's officially confirmed, but uh, talk has been that Michigan is hiring uh, Ed Warner, yeah, who is from Minnesota, Minnesota staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing, of course, to make it even more interesting is that he was previously on Urban Meyer's uh, Ohio State staff as uh, uh, co-offen- co-offensive coordinator back several years ago. But it's been being reported that Michigan is going to be announcing the hire. Um, I've kind of been watching it. I haven't seen the official, just all these reports and people saying that's coming from sources. Um, so, uh, talk is around being an offensive analyst.
1: Yeah, not, not
0: part of the 10 staff. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, so, um, you know, that's – Always kind of that little ambiguous stuff that they do, uh, right? Offensive analyst, but so that's um, that was kind of interesting to see and see it develop. And like we said, we're still kind of waiting to see if it's going to be officially official.
1: Yeah, and you know, right, and that's the thing is,
0: yeah, we're it's
1: hasn't we haven't really seen seal, sealed the deal. It said obviously it's happening but we haven't really you know and i mean confirmed <laughs> but um you and i wouldn't know I, I think other sources out there probably know better than we do but uh, you know warner you know i'm looking at his what he's done and ha- obviously having fleck and when he was at minnesota they had, you know at, you know did a pretty good job and he was a offensive uh, I think he was a line coach and then the running game coordinator. So did a pretty good job. But uh, I think it's funny that um, coming from OSU is pretty interesting because now we got two people on the staff, or you want to say hired by Michigan, one from MSU and the other one's from uh, Ohio State.
0: Yeah. Well, he Just... <laughs> he even oh. has connection to Michigan State from, yeah. from a long time ago. Um Back in the '80s, uh, being right. a, being an assistant. So, uh, do you, what do you read into that? What do you think about the fact that there is this distinct possibility that Michigan is going to have two coaches, both from rivals? I would almost say uh, the two biggest rivals, but you know everybody has that conversation around Notre Dame and everything. But two coaches from their rivals. Michigan State and Ohio State. What's what's your reaction to that?
1: Um, you know, obviously, I trust the the staff that you know they're going to do the best thing possible. Warner is a little bit interesting, very to the just from the aspect of you know he he was he was from Ohio State. You know, yeah, that bugs me a little bit. But the very fact he's got a son that's already. He, he's, a, he's already recruited by uh, Michigan State. He's going to Michigan State. He's part of the 2018 class. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, you're going to be an al- analyst for Michigan, and then your son you know, is going to be on the other side of the field. And <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, part of me goes, you know what, if you got deep roots in some of these teams, yeah I can see you overlooking it, but man, when you got a son who's on the other side of the field coming up in the next couple of years it's gonna be really, really tough so but yeah trust Jim Harbaugh hired the right guy, and that you know they're gonna be professional and and leave their bias whatever they want aside but um hey, you never know
0: i I don't know it bugs me a little bit uh what about you uh I find it interesting. I'm not really sure what to make of it I think uh... In the back of my mind, I feel like there might be a little bit more to it than just the idea of hiring a coach. I mean, no doubt, oh, man, uh, Enos, right? Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I blinked for a second. Uh, he's He's been a solid recruiter and done well with his uh, coaching and positions and everything. So, I mean, I think it was a good hire. I mean, there might be a little bit of question about why he's working with receivers instead of working with quarterbacks. But, hey, I'm – that's that's above my pay grade for sure, and I I'm not not that knowledgeable in it. Um, but he he has a good track record, and same thing with uh, Warner. Yeah. And I and coming from Ohio State and being an offensive coordinator, and the issues that we've had with the offense, I know that this isn't coaching. This is an analyst position, but it's you know it obviously works to help with. Uh, the offense. And actually I'm trying to figure out and try to, to, I was just looking up while you're talking a little bit to try to come up with exactly what you can say an offensive analyst does to help explain it more. But in that short period amount of time, I didn't come up with anything, but, um, but he's been successful. And then also uh, coming in with offensive line experience, something else that we need. And like I said, I know that he's not quote unquote coaching, but it's going to be providing information, feedback, uh, scheme information. Uh, I believe it's like watching tape, you know, analyzing right. and giving more information. So it's – I don't think from either of those two coaches that that is a bad thing at all. Like just from a coaching standpoint, not not going into, hey, you're you also have worked with and have been a part of our rival schools. Will it be a factor – and will it come up? And will that be used against them? I'm sure, probably to some certain degree. But uh, but I'm comfortable with it. It's not one of those things where uh, you kind of look at it and you're just doubting yeah. what's happening. I, I think I, I think it's kind of one of those things too, where it's just like Jim Harbaugh knows that and the staff knows that they need to work in, uh, with things from different angles and not necessarily because it's going to come up and it's been said already by different people. Oh, you know, I don't know if you would necessarily call it playing dirty or trying to, you know, uh, get into, uh, behind the scenes information by hiring previous coaches from those, those organizations and everything. So, I don't, I don't. I. definitely do not believe that that was the sole purpose behind these moves.
1: Yeah, I agree. We'll have to see how it happens, but uh, I think they're kind of they're not, they're not really in lead positions. That you know, let's say you're an offensive coordinator and you have those kind of credentials, and then you see you know kind of some of the disaster that happened this year. Yeah, you're gonna get called out especially if you have ties like this you know trust me michigan people sniff that out (laughs) pretty quickly but uh yeah i agree i you know it you know some of these don't bug me you know i i i don't mind them even if you know just even getting somebody from minnesota is fine but uh ohio state um yeah it We'll see how it goes, but uh, it doesn't bug me right now. But uh, I, I do find it very, very interesting that uh, his son is um, going to be part of the Michigan State 2018 recruiting class. So, which you know, really is interesting is he's from Ohio State working with Michigan and his son's Michigan State. <laughs>
0: Jeez, nice yeah. samples there, right? Yeah, get all three involved. Yeah,
1: yeah, so um. But yeah, we'll see how that goes. And um obviously Michigan hiring um getting uh Sharon Moore, which is really good. Um, getting a tight ends coach was really, really good hire. Um I think they're gonna need that. Uh somebody that focuses much on tight ends, so um that's really, really cool. Uh we're see from central Michigan, which is really cool uh did pretty well. But um uh he's gonna be working with uh Gentry and McKeon and um we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, I mean those two uh, we got what those guys you know were used quite a bit. So I think tight ends are really key to Michigan and their throwing game and obviously this year they were but um hopefully that changes a little bit but uh he's got he's got a big responsibility coming in as being the tight ends coach. So
0: Yeah, for sure. But. And- um, and who knows? The coaching stuff might not be done with. We'll watch and see how oh, yeah. these things progress. So, yeah, right. Um, the thing that we'll wrap up with here is uh, continuing with the conversation of Ohio State, actually, because Ohio State is still talking about Michigan. Um, <laughs> and many of you may not have seen this, but apparently, there was an autograph session on Sunday. And JT Barrett was there, and he was making things a little bit more interesting by some of the signatures that he was doing, uh, adding you know, adding messages and things like that. And on some of them, at least one of them, there's a photograph of it. On some of them, he put down, uh, quote, it was a first down Harbaugh, and then the score of the game, OSU 30, and then that TTUN, that team up north, 27. Uh, and he was doing that for the autograph session that he was doing. So uh, kind of interesting. I I feel like it would have been, you know, whatever it is, what it is, if this had happened last year, if he had graduated and was done and it was last year and everything. I find it a little bit interesting bringing it up again this year. Right. I feel it would have been more understandable in my opinion if he had just been – if he put something like 4-0 against Michigan, right? obviously that being a big accomplishment, I mean, for any quarterback from either school to be able to do something like that, that's, uh, that's a big thing. But uh, kind of going back to last year, yeah, of course it bothers us because it was still a stupid thing that happened. And, you know, definitely not uh, <clears throat> a – fun topic, but I find, I do find it kind of funny on him going back to it. I don't know. It's just kind of weird. I, I always try to take that perspective of, okay, what, what if somebody from Michigan did the same thing? And like I said, it would make more sense to me if this, if that was the game that happened this year. Like if, if he was, if he was doing this the year that happened and he was going off to the NFL and doing these autographs and things like that. But a year later, over a year later, it's kind of like, meh.
1: Well, and you're right. Is is <laughs> the very thing I, as soon as I saw, I thought about you. Is the one thing that you really got tired of was that um, he was uh, JT was short, <laughs> yeah. Line, and then you think just when it dies down, right? Just. It dies down. It's, move, it's moving its way out. JT, JT Barrett himself brings it back into the fold, and we're back to have it. <laughs> we're talking about it again, dude. I know. I agree with you. I just said, my gosh, I thought we were over this, and he brings it up again. And I'm laughing because, um, yeah, it, you know, he's going to be – He's he is one of the best at Ohio State, um, you know, but, I always thought he was the best running back at Ohio state, but (laughs) and um, the very fact is, you know, JT Barrett in the way doesn't really have a national championship under his belt. So Cordell Jones does, (laughs) but JT Barrett doesn't. So, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, he, he he was – I tell you what, one of the things I, I do like about Buckeye fans with this is the very fact is even they are, are glad to see JT Barrett leave because they've been very frustrated with him. He's won a lot of games. He's pulverized and beat a lot of teams badly, but then he's lost team, to teams where he can't even throw the ball. And so, yeah, I think even Ohio State fans are – Glad to see him go. So I wouldn't read into this as Ohio State's going, man, it's going to stink to see him leave. Well, not really because, you know, I've got some Buckeye fans in my uh, at my work, and they're glad to see him go.
0: Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, I think everybody's kind of heard about that because it was uh, quite frequent that you would hear that uh, stuff from. Buckeye fans saying that they wanted JT Barrett gone and that he should be benched and while he was still being successful, which is kind of crazy because, you know, Michigan fans would love for – I mean, if we got four years with a quarterback, production, and team success that JT Barrett had, it would yeah. be crazy to think that fans would be calling out for him to sit. Right. Uh, but, you, you know, there would be some. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's been so long since Michigan has had success like that. And then, of course, you know, winning against the rival um, uh, on a uh, streak like that and everything. So, I don't know. But, yeah, it will be interesting because there will be changes for sure happening with them. And, uh, Michigan is still constantly going through changes as they're trying to find their groove since Harbaugh has come in because each year has been, um, drastically different. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, you can check it out and take a look at it. Um, you know, that's, you know, him taking another dig at Michigan and Harbaugh and, you know, we never beat him. So, you know, you gotta get to a point where we just got to beat these teams. So. So you, so you keep them from doing stuff like this. <laughs> so, so you got to do it. You got to beat them.
0: Yep, needs to happen, and that's what they're working for with uh, some of these coaching changes and things like that. So uh, we'll be watching it as it goes forward. We've got things planned out for the next couple weeks, like I said, um, leading up to National Signing Day. But, uh, of course, at any time, if anybody wants to, Send thoughts, ideas, or questions about what you might want us to cover. Uh, feel free to contact us. Our email is sportscast at gmail.com. The voicemail, uh, we didn't have any voicemails this week, but if you guys have anything that you want to call in uh, to say, that's 551-258-3276. Uh, again, that's 551 blue bro. And on Twitter, at Blue Bros underscore Caleb or at Blue Bros underscore Craig. And, yeah, it's kind of getting a little quiet, but it certainly is going to uh, pick up and heat up as National Signing Day approaches, and we will have more talk to talk about recruiting and recruits specifically coming up. So we thank you guys for tuning in. We yep. uh, hope you guys have a good week here and hopefully there's no snowstorms coming up. Right.
1: Yeah. I hope not. That'd be bad. You don't want that. So no,
0: no, I'm done. I'm I'm good with it. So
1: yeah, so we got transfers. We got, you know, it's always some things happening with Michigan and recruiting. And obviously Michigan football is getting loaded in the safety position and the secondary, which is really, really good to see that happening. And, um, and I think, uh, Jim Harbaugh is doing, you know, the best he can, but you know, what I, I think it's really interesting about the recruiting now is you is putting things in perspective is, you know, remember all the guys that were like five star or high five four star guys. And then they kind of dropped like Morris was one Malzone was actually, uh, you know, obviously good luck to Malzone. He's going on to, uh, um, a Miami of Ohio transferring there. Good luck to him. I know he's been to Michigan for a long time, but uh, he's a high four-star player out of Bloomington. And and you know what? I and he slipped, and I think he's more of a three-star quarterback. And that's what's interesting. And then you got McGrone coming in, who was a four-star. Now he's a five-star. So you might see some shifts from here in signing day on players that jim hobble got to come to michigan that might work its way up to star level as they get better but i think we want guys that are lower level and get better than guys that are high level and then getting lower so
0: yeah um, well we'll get i'll just take players that pan out <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah yeah
1: you know but uh we'll see where it goes
0: yeah for sure so uh, thanks for dropping by, everybody. We will um, we will be catching guys next week, and uh, hope you guys have a good rest of the week and the weekend. Hopefully, will be here sooner rather than later. Have a good one and go blue. Go blue.